guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. This thing is awesome. Thank you. Whoever just, you just delivered this. That was great. Well, as Mindy said, I, I've been here before, but for those of you who have never met me, I was born and raised in Louisville. I went to PRP High School. Um, and, you know, I was as we were worshiping, I was reminded of a dream that I had several years ago, probably five, six years ago. And in the dream, I don't think I've ever even shared this with y'all, but in the dream, I was at a church and... I was there for a young adult event. There was something about the young adults. There was like a, a mighty move of young adults in this church. And I remember it was in Louisville, Kentucky. And I was there to help on the ministry team. And I woke up from the dream and my first thought was, what church in Louisville, Kentucky would ever have a female come in and lead this mighty move, like this mighty young adults ministry? Um, so it's always an honor to be here. I know God is always linking kingdom up with kingdom. And um, I honor and adore your pastors. They love so well. I mean, I see, I, Mindy, Pastor Mindy goes over and hugs somebody and she's coming back crying. And I'm like, this is such a pastor. <laughs> this is such a sweet pastor. Um, but your pastors love you. And um, I'm just, I'm honored to be here amongst you today. I brought my uh, stud of a husband, Paris, right there. Some of you heard him the, the last time, which was maybe a year ago. Was it that long ago? It was, it was too long ago. So I'm um, just happy to be back in the house. My kids always look forward to the store. So you will see four very rambunctious children at the thrift store after. So come join the party. Um, we gave them a limit this morning because the last time I went home with golf clubs and golf balls and ties to suits and I don't even know what I went and I thought, okay, would they have to have a limit this morning? Um, but as Pastor Mindy mentioned, y'all have been in a series called Basic Training and when Pastor Rich texted me to let me know what y'all were going through, I was like, they've got to be kidding. This is like my favorite topic to preach on, at least these two pieces of armor. And so I knew it was the Lord. Um, so I, I have the honor of finishing out this series and talking about two specific pieces of armor that I think is powerful and important for us. So let's jump into scripture. We're gonna go to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6, y'all have probably heard me say this before, but anytime anyone is preaching or teaching, reading scripture, you should always be following along. That's just a teaching moment. You should always, you know, we have the capability of having the Bible on our apps, on our phones now, so there's no excuse, but you should always be looking at it with them because you would be surprised at some of the things that people try to, try to say. Okay, Ephesians 6, we're gonna start in verse 10. We're gonna go to 17. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we, are, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Somebody needs to highlight that. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, 
Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. A lot of people when reading about the armor of God will stop there. And it's sufficient, it's good armor. It's important for us to understand. But I wanna take us two more verses further because there's something really powerful that Paul shares here. So verse 18 says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. He then humbles himself and he says, pray also for me, that whatever I speak, my words would be given, that I would be fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Today at the end of service, uh, once service is dismissed, we're gonna have a time uh, where some of the the servants in the house are gonna come up and pray for those of you who um, are wanting to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And and I'll kind of share a little bit about what that looks like, but I wanna wanna kind of prepare your hearts now because I believe that God is gonna be stirring in you the entire service. And if you immediately have a fence in your heart, what does she mean by filled with the Holy Spirit? Then you should probably stay and I wanna talk to you. So I, I just wanna prepare your hearts because Paul has given us this really beautiful armor of protection that is available for you and I. And none of us would go into a battle without a sword, without a weapon, without some armor. But so many of us are walking in life without recognizing that we have it accessible. But it's not just the physical armor of Christ. It is also praying in the spirit on all occasions. And so we're gonna talk more about that after service. So I just pray that some of you would get stirred up now. In this series, um, I actually had the privilege, Pastor Rich, of listening to your sermon. I think it was two weeks ago. It was really powerful. So if this is your first time here since the series or your first time ever at Big Church, I highly suggest to go to YouTube and watch the the previous sermon so that you have context and understanding for where we're going today because I'm only gonna cover two pieces. It's important for you to get the full picture. But the, the two pieces that I have the honor of sharing about this morning is the belt of truth and the sword of the spirit. And in order to understand God's armor, we have to first understand this one thing. We, you and I, have access to it. Say access. Say it one more time to wake up your spirit, access. We have access to it. Who knows that every morning when you wake up, you have access to your clothes. Y'all all all look dressed (laughs) from up here. We have access to our clothes, but when you wake up in the morning, you have to go, I should probably put my clothes on. At least I hope that's what you think in the mornings. (laughs) We have access to our clothing in the same way as we have access to the protection of Christ. But we have to recognize 
It's, it's available. We have to access it first. I'll, I'll give you an example. In Romans, I think it's chapter 13, Paul says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, what does that even mean to put on? Like, if I accepted him, don't I have him inside of me? It's a reminder, it's an analogy to help remind you what you have available, whom you have available, but we have to recognize that we need to access it. And it's cool because God is not a forceful father. He's just not. And so he gives us the option to choose him. He gives us the option to choose if we want protection. And I love the Apostle Paul. I mean, I think it's really important that we understand he's writing this. He's writing this letter to say, listen, you need this for battle. You need this armor for the places that you're gonna go to. You need this armor for your life and it's available. And I believe that if you can grab a hold of the word this morning, I believe that your life will be transformed. And I don't just say that because I'm sharing it, I'm reading the scriptures. I believe that it can transform your life. But I really believe that if you can grab a hold of the word this morning of what it looks like to honestly walk through spiritual warfare, walk through the battlefield, that your per perception of spiritual warfare will be changed. I promise you that. I wanna read something to you because I think this is really important. Verse 12, we read this a couple minutes ago, but I, I, wanna, I wanna really nail it in here. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. He goes to say, therefore, take up your armor. You need it. Because you don't battle flesh and blood, but you do battle an unforeseen world. Yeah. And, and I know that sometimes, let me be a teacher for a second, where it says the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places, you're like, hold up. There's spiritual forces in heavenly places? Wait a second. Really what that means is a, a battle beyond this world. That, that's what that verbiage there means. How many of us actually believe and know that we don't battle flesh and blood? I, I mean, walk with me for a second, y'all, on this. If we don't battle flesh and blood, that means that the argument that you had in the car on the way to church this morning wasn't that person. If we don't battle flesh and blood, it means that all of your Facebook friends and your Instagram friends and everybody who has an opinion about something, you don't battle them. And it's super easy to go, I don't like you. I don't like who you are. Or we can say it in a Christianese way. I don't like that you're not acting like a child of God. That's what I say sometimes. They just didn't act like a child of God that day, you know? You don't battle flesh and blood. You don't battle flesh and blood. You do, however, battle spiritual forces that are evil and against you. For our battle is not against one another. And I want to propose to you this morning that even, even the things that you're walking through, even sin that you're walking through is not yours. And this is a very offensive message. Christ is an offensive message. 
you know, I hear people say, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm just, I'm just a nobody. I'm just, I'm looking down and I'm just giving praise to my father. I would be devastated if my kids walked around and said, I'm just a nobody. I'm just here to represent my mom and dad. Wait, what? I, I made you in my image. I want you to live all powerful. I've given you dunamis power. Really though, because a lot of us, I, I grew up this way. I didn't grow up in the church and then when I got saved, I won't mention the church I went to, but I was like, don't mess up. I am a sinner and I have nothing to give. I'm just, I'm just a sinner. Don't mess up. And that doesn't empower anybody to walk powerfully in the tools and to access the things that Christ has, has given us. And so I want to propose to you that it's not actually your sin. It, it is, however, the demonic forces of what that looks like. Any struggle is against the spiritual forces of evil. When you got baptized, when you said, I wanna follow Jesus and I wanna be baptized, you died. Your old man died. Your old woman died. This, and this is a whole other message we don't have time for this morning, but, but you decided that you were gonna die and Christ was gonna reside in you. And so unfortunately, your battle is not against flesh and blood but the spiritual forces of evil. And so the good news this morning is we're not discouraged by that because Paul gives us some really cool information about the protection that we have available to us, okay? And I think that when it comes to spiritual warfare, this is a hot topic in the church, when it comes to spiritual warfare, we have kind of two camps of people. We've got the, the first camp of people who they don't want to give any glory to the enemy, meaning they don't, they don't even want to pretend like he exists. Satan's not for today. Um, he's not really active. He's not doing anything. That, I mean, that, that's just really to scare me. Um, there's no, we don't need to like hang out there at all. And then there's this other side. <laughs> and a lot of church people be in this side of the camp, okay? There's this other side of people and all they do is talk about the enemy. I hear them talk about the enemy more than they talk about the righteousness of Christ. Well, you know, Satan's coming after me. Well, I just had a bad day because I got the demonic right after me. And we've got a whole group of powerful believers who have access to the protection of Christ for spiritual warfare, for the battle. And they're so just, I don't know, looking at the enemy about everything. The very thing that you give your attention to will be the very thing that takes your attention. I want to say that again. The very thing that you give your attention to, it can be anything in the world. It can be your job. It can be the idols in your life. It can be good things. But the very thing that you give your attention to will take your attention. So what are we focused on? What, what do we have in our, our eyesight, in our view of what we're going to focus on? There are influences in the world. We can't talk about spiritual warfare without talking about influences. And I promise we're gonna get to the bell of truth and the sword of the spirit. But I need to set the stage for you because it's important to understand spiritual warfare is a battle that you can conquer, okay? There are influences in the world that are powerful and can influence you. And I'm gonna give you a few examples just to paint a really good picture. If you're walking down the street and someone walks by you and they're smoking a cigarette and their smoke blows in your face. You're just, you're, you're passing, their smoke blows in your face. Did they 
plan to go walking on that street and light that cigarette to oppress you? Uh, no. Did it affect you? Yeah, you, you breathed it in, probably didn't smell super great. There are influences in the world that even without understanding or knowing that that influence is influencing someone else, it's doing that. Does that make sense? So there are things in the world, because we do live in a fallen world, that will influence you, and the other party doesn't even realize what's happening. And maybe you don't even realize what's happening in that moment, but it affected you, it influenced you. But the cool thing is when Jesus sends his disciples out, he gives them two things, power and authority. Jesus gives his disciples two things, dunamis power and authority. See, the enemy actually has no authority over you, but guess what he wants? Influence over you. He doesn't have authority unless we give it to him. And who knows, we can. We can give the enemy authority to come and do whatever he wants to do in our lives. We can, but he doesn't have that unless we hand it over. When we think about the story of Adam and Eve, they, they were placed in a beautiful, perfect place. But then the enemy influenced them. They gave in to his influence. Sin wasn't thirst. They were never supposed to experience it, but they allowed him to influence them and then entered sin. I'm gonna give you another example for my, my movie buffs. Did anybody see, I think it's the newest Wonder Woman in 2017 that came out. Anybody see that movie? Three people, okay, good. So, <laughs> so I was like first in the theater. I couldn't wait for that movie to come out. And there's this scene and for those of you that, that saw it, you'll, you'll remember this, but for those of you that, that haven't, there's a scene where the scientist is trying to, to think up of the thing that's gonna kill everybody, the one and done. And this scene is so powerful because she's sitting there, the scientist, and she's trying to think through you know, the potion or the numbers or the sciencey things to get this, this killer, right? And behind her comes a ghost-like figure and influence and whispers, in her ear, the exact ingredients, if you will, for that thing that would kill, for that thing that would influence a lot of people. And she partners with the enemy. And I, I think that it's a, it's a picture that we can look at and go, wow, do we listen to the whispers of the enemy? Do we allow him to influence our thought life? Because he, he, we're already sitting in our, I'm a sinner, I, I'm, I'm worthless, I'm nothing, I'm, I'm depressed, I'm this, I'm that. And then he comes by and says, yes, you are. That's true. And then you partner with that information and it influences you. Y'all with me? You following me? So Paul, we have this incredible guy here writing a letter saying, listen, you will enter into a spiritual warfare, but you have access to the armor that you need. And I love scripture. If you read it actually for what it's worth, you'll see analogies and pictures and it can actually be really fun. When I first got saved, I thought there's no way I could ever read that Bible. I don't understand it. There's a lot of killing in the Old Testament. I don't know what any of that means. And, and when you start to read it for what it's worth, it actually comes alive in your life. And so Paul, he's, when he's writing this letter, he's using incredible analogy and pictures for those that are reading it to understand because he understood what a soldier's armor would look like, what a Roman soldier's armor, because guess where he's writing this? While he's in jail. 
So he's literally writing so that those reading this would understand based on what a Roman soldier's armor would look like. So he says, listen, you're gonna need this armor that's for battle. See, a soldier wouldn't go into battle without any armor, right? Like if we turned on the news and they said, we're gonna deploy our, you know, our men and women over to wherever without any gear, we would be like, what? what? No gear, no weapons, no, what do, you, what do you mean? And yet a lot of us walk around unaware that we have access to gear and to weapons to take on spiritual warfare, that Christ has actually given it to us. And it's not to harm, but it is for protection. It's not to harm people, it's for protection. The Roman soldiers knew that they needed armor for the, the battle. And so when we look at the two pieces we're gonna look at this morning, we understand what Paul is trying to paint here. He says, listen, you're gonna need the belt of truth. The cool thing here is, is when a soldier would get ready to go into battle, a lot of times they wore kind of longer, I don't know, tunics or robes that were past their knees. And so the first thing that they would need to do before they put any of the other armor on is they would have a belt. It was almost like a sash-like looking situation. And they would pull up that extra layer of clothes so that their knees and their legs were accessible to run. So the very thing Paul is talking about, he's painting a picture for those who understand that this is the first thing a soldier would do. Why? Because he needs to be able to run. Because he needs to be able to be freed. Because these robes would restrict the speed. These robes would get in the way. And so they would tie them up so that they would be able to go. Who knows? that the strongest foundation that we have is the truth. And the belt of truth represents, in a way, the word of God, which is so significant because so does the sword of the spirit, which we're gonna get to. John 8, 32 says that truth will set you free. A lot of us are walking around in untruth and lies because we don't actually believe the word. We don't actually believe that freedom is available, that God has given us ability to access this. We're walking around in addictions. We're walking around in depression. We're walking around in drunkenness and gossip and envy, not realizing we don't have to because freedom is available. But how do we access freedom? It is with truth. You guys know this if you live through 2020. The truth is offensive. It is so offensive. But it is the truth that will set us free. It is the truth that will set you free. Anytime anyone is ever struggling with anything, I say, are you in the word every day? Because that truth, it will set you free. Are self-help books good? Yeah. Sozo and counseling and therapy, 100%. But are you in the word? Are you accessing the truth, the foundation of what is available? There is a, a, a power of darkness that people carry and, and they haven't even asked for freedom from scripture. I remember meeting with someone one time and she was a young girl and she struggled with eating disorders and there was all kinds of things. And I said, well, how often are you in the word? And she goes, it's been at least a year because I just have therapy every day and I have this and I have that. And I thought, well, stop all of that and, and try reading the word just like for a couple of weeks and just see what happens. I was shocked that that kind of got put on the, 
on the back burner. The belt of truth, this foundation of truth will help you run your race. Everybody wants to run their race. All of us want to know what is the call of God on our life? What is my, my purpose here? Why am I here? We have all asked that question at one point of our life. And if your foundation will be truth, then he will mobilize you and set you free in ways you never even expected. It's available to you, but you have to access it. I, I, there's kids songs. I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't get saved till I was 14, but there's kids songs and all kinds of things you can turn on in the morning and put on your whole armor and like do your whole thing. Like whatever you need to do to be reminded of putting on your armor, do it. The second piece of armor that we're looking at this morning is the sword of the spirit. And the belt of truth and the sword of the spirit, they're best friends because they both point to the same thing, the truth of the word. But the, the sword of the spirit represents the word of God. The sword of the spirit represents the word of God. And for a Roman soldier, a lot of us, when we think about the sword of the spirit, we think of like a, a long sword, but that's not what it looks like for the Roman soldier. The sword as a part of their armor, was a short dagger. It was a short little guy, and they kept it close to their heart, to their chest, so that if any enemy came close to them, they had it available. They didn't have to worry about it being super long and trying to you know, hold it. They kept it close to their bodies so that when evil came near to them, they could quickly and efficiently chop it down. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. There is no greater weapon conceivable. Your weapon is the word of God. Your weapon is the word of God. Have you ever been in a situation and you just thought, what would Jesus do? Y'all remember those bracelets, WWJD? I think I have a thousand of them in my closet at my house because I just give them out to my kids. I'm like, hand these to your friends. They, they have a treasure box at their little homeschool campus. And I said, hey, can I volunteer to bring some extra items for your treasure box? She said, yeah, I brought 50 WWJD bracelets, you know. <laughs> I'm making sure all those Christians are saved still. <laughs> but if you've ever been in a situation and you've thought, what, what would Jesus do in this situation? Well, I'm here to tell you, friends, he'd use the word of God. Because you know why? When he's tempted, when Jesus gets tempted, what does he do? He uses the word of God. There is a, a, a temptation and his weapon was the word of God. He says, it is written. Can y'all imagine for a second, I was thinking about this. If you're in an argument with a friend and they disagree with something you believe in or on Facebook or on Instagram or whatever it is, TikTok these days, and you just put, oh, my response is it's written. <laughs> you know, like it's that powerful. It is a weapon that is available to us because it's written. His word is written. There's a really powerful scripture. It's Hebrews 4, 12. It says this. This is a good one. The word of God is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, effective. It is sharper then in a two-edged sword penetrating to the dividing line of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, exposing, sifting, and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. Ouch. You ever been in an argument with someone that you thought you were in an argument with flesh and blood and you open up your Bible and the Lord convicts your heart? It's the word of God. That's its role. And it's sharp, it, it, it hurts sometimes when we read things like, 
I don't want to do that. I don't want to forgive them. I don't want to act like that. It, it, it's actually to, to help us see. The word of God is a, a powerful weapon. It was, it was with a word that Peter stepped out of the boat. It was with a word that Jesus spoke to Lazarus out of the grave. He said, come forth. You recognize there was no ceremony. There was no preaching. It wasn't because Jesus was dressed cool or had the newest whatever, a lot of followers on social media. Uh, it was just a word, come forth. The word of God is all powerful. John 1.1 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word. In the very beginning was the word. We can access the, the armor that we need for any battle in our life. But are we aware of the role of God this morning? Sometimes it divides. Sometimes the word of God operates on our heart in ways that's not super fun. Sometimes we get in the word and we're like, ouch. And then we flip to the fun verses. You know, like, I, I'm gonna read another chapter now. I ask you this morning, are you talking back to the devil? Are you talking back to him? Because you can, you talk back to him with the word. It's what Jesus did. You get to, I've heard people say, well, don't talk to the devil, don't acknowledge him, right? The two camps. And then I've heard people, they talk to the devil more than they talk to God. Let's like find our balance a little bit, you know? But we can talk back to him with the word of God. You know that, that I guess contrary to popular opinion, the devil isn't the first one to hit you. Okay, follow me for a second. He's, he's really trying to hit you back because the Father, the Alpha and the Omega created and designed us in his image and gave us all power and all authority. And do you know what Satan wanted? All power and all authority and to be God. He is after the very thing that you carry. He is after the very seed that you are. So he's not hitting you first. No, no, he's hitting back. Because you carry the very thing that he wants. It is the word inside of you that he's picking a fight with. It's not you. But do you have the word inside of you to bring forth when that fight gets picked? Do you have the word on, on your tongue? We have to understand our position in Christ. We have to understand that our armor is available. Siri did not understand. Well, listen up, sis. I'm trying to preach right now to you, okay? The armor is available. We have access. Say access. Come on. We have access to the armor. We have to get it not only in our head, but in our hearts. We have to get the word on our tongue so that we can talk back easily. Without a fight, we're not in a fight. We carry the authority and the power and the word in us. But will we access it? We're all gonna go through things. We're all gonna go through spiritual warfare. We're all gonna have a battle. This is why perseverance is so needed in our time. We're all gonna face something. None of us are exempt from pain of life, from spiritual warfare, none of us. But the reality is God 
amazing, amazing Father has given us access to the protection that he carries. And if you will catch a hold of this, like I said earlier, you will never walk through spiritual warfare like you've ever done before because you will know that you have access and you will stand on the word of God. You will stand on the belt of truth and you will have the sword of spirit on your tongue because you read scriptures and you know the word. I am so nervous for this generation that they do not know the word of God and so they cannot fight. We must know the word of God. We must. If we don't know the word, we cannot fight. Because we don't know what's available in the word. We don't know how to fight back with the word. I'm going to pray for us. But I, actually, speaking of word, I had a word for the fella up here that had the beanie on. What is the name? Isaiah. Did he leave to go get lunch? He's going to be coming up to play. See, this is why you never leave a room, because you never know when God's going to highlight you. Isaiah, are you in the back? He's, oh. Can you come out here? <laughs> hey, I had a word for you. I'm not ready for you to play yet. Well, I, actually, the worship team can come up, sure. Um, I don't know you. I'm Nicole. Hi. Um, as we were worshiping, I had a word, as, and as I said, perseverance, I was reminded of it, so I didn't want to forget, but I saw the Lord say purity and perseverance over you, that there's something he's going to be doing specifically in like eight to 12 months, and it's because of the perseverance that you've carried and the purity on your life that you carry, and... I know I've said this before, but I feel that every time I'm in here, there, there's something about hosting worship schools or worship something in this house, in this building. And when I saw you, because I've never seen you here before, I just saw perseverance and purity just like right over you like a banner. And I, I know that through perseverance, you know, we go through these hard times or whatever it may be, and we have to persevere, persevere, persevere. But I think there's a purity that, that you carry. There was a purity that David carried of just like hanging out in the field and just loving God and being loved by God. And, and I see that you carry that and it's purity. There's purity that gets us through those times where we have to persevere. So I just bless you. Yeah, purity and perseverance. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so the worship team can now come. I, it, will you all stand with me and let me pray for you? Yeah, if you will, we're just going to do something just to activate our bodies. Just take your, your right or your left hand and just place it over your chest. Say, wake up. Father, I thank you for the access of our armor, God. I thank you that you don't send us out high and dry, God, that you don't send us out with the, the right protection, that you are a protective father. I even sense um, there's some of you, and because of the relationship that you've had with your father, <laughs> your earthly father, you've not felt protected you've actually never even been able to understand the armor of God, the protection of the Father because of your earthly father relationship. Yeah, so Lord, I thank you that you come into all of those spaces. Yeah, Lord, that you're available, you're accessible. God, I thank you that you don't send us out without being prepared. 
Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is powerful, that it is our weapon. And Father, right now, I just ask that over the next couple of months that you would even begin to wake people in the night. They wouldn't be able to go back to sleep because they just have to get in the word. God, that you would begin to remind people on their lunch breaks. God, you'd be able uh, to just bring forth the memory of even just this moment right now that would remind people to access what you've given available. Father, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for the word that you've given us. Lord, may we not forsake it. May this house, whoa, may this house be a house known for the word of God. May this house be a place known for the word of God. May this house. Wow, Pastor Rich and Pastor Mindy, I even sense as I'm praying for everyone um, that, that I hear lighthouse. I hear lighthouse. Um, I feel like God wants to begin to ignite and light up people to go into the marketplace. There's something about business. There's there's people in the room. You are in the marketplace. Um, and, and I feel God touching you. Like you feel a physical touch from the Holy Spirit right now. There's something that he's doing in the marketplace. If there's any of you, you have a business, uh, you work in the marketplace, there's an anointing on you right now to be the lighthouse of this house. <laughs> to be the lighthouse in your workplaces. God is commissioning you right now as pastors of the Spirit to your workplace. There's something about this building and this space that is a lighthouse to Louisville. Yeah, God, we thank you for this city, Lord. We thank you that these people will know you. God, I thank you that people will come to know you. Father, I thank you for revival in the hearts of this people in Big Church right now. God, that they would just, they would just continue to be stirred we thank you for the access to you above all at any time at any moment we love you and we praise you in Jesus name thank you for joining us today if you're looking for more information or resources you can visit mybigchurch.com or follow us on social media at mybigchurch we love you guys see you soon